Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Welcome on this beautiful Friday morning. This is Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. A beautiful Friday morning here today. We got a good show for y'all. Texas State students, you have a couple of weeks left. Stick in it. Y'all got it. But for today, we're here to lighten the load on you with some uh, a good Bobcat Radio show. My name is Jacob Romy. I'm joined here by Justin Brown and Gage Sutton. Boys, how are y'all doing today? Doing wonderful. I'm doing all right. I'm glad to, glad to be here, man. All right. Well, we're going to... Uh, Kick it off with, uh, you know, our first segment of the day, looking at a little bit of Cats Catch-Up. It's time to recap the latest Texas State and San Marcos High School events with today's edition of Cats Catch-Up. But before we do that, we're going to make a quick 180 as Justin is going to hit us with an ad. Thank you, Jacob. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views. Thank you so much, Justin. Of course. Uh, Wednesday night. UIW Incarnate Word came into the Texas State Softball Stadium to take on the Red Hot Bobcats, now sitting at a total win streak of six, their highest since uh, last April. Um, Texas State uh, continued to put on 12 runs in the bottom of the fourth to take out the Cardinals and ending it in a five-run run rule. Um, absolute domination for the Bobcats right here. Cat Krennic comes into the game, gets a grand slam in the bottom of the fourth, and just continues to pile the load on. I know, Justin, you were there. Tell us a little bit about the game. Well, I was there, Jacob, and I didn't know if that bottom of the fourth inning was ever going to end. Mm -hmm. It didn't seem like UIW had anything in their package to to stop these Bobcats. It was amazing to watch. You see 12 runs off of nine hits for this Bobcat team. It was just extraordinary. I've never seen that before. You saw two homers, not just by Kat Krennic, but one by Caitlin Rogers as well in that fourth inning. Just constant hitting barrage that was in that inning, you know, the bottom of the fourth inning. I got to speak with Riley Mata, actually a, a player for UIW. Uh, she's mm-hmm. one of my friends from high school, and I got to talk to her after the game, and she she was just speechless. She didn't know what happened. She just thought the hitting from the Bobcats was really hot, and that's what it was. And this team is on a six-game win streak just like the baseball team, and that's what we're proud to see because we thought the softball team had some inconsistency. Yeah, I, I mean, that was a lot of the storyline coming into uh, the season, and you know, early in the season, we saw some of the growing pains, but on the six-game win streak, we're seeing them hit the heck out of that ball. And, I mean, eight runs in their last in the win before that uh, against Georgia, or I guess against UTSA, and then another 8-0 shutout against Georgia State. I mean, right now the hitting's hot. Got to keep leaning on that. And also, you got to talk about the fact that they've shut out their, mm-hmm. last, six, or their last six opponents, too. I mean, and these aren't bad teams. UIW, UTSA, these are pretty good programs, and a Georgia State team that's in your conference, too. I like the way this team is headed and uh, moving up the standings, correct, Jacob? Yes, they now currently sit at about fourth in the standings. They were lower earlier on, now sitting right behind Troy, who I believe they will meet in a couple of weeks next weekend. They were uh, dead last in the division, I think, at one point, At right? one point, yes, but they uh, have clawed back, now sitting at 26-17 and 17 on the season. And, um, yeah, like you talk about, the pitching has been absolutely phenomenal. Jessica Mullins on Wednesday night uh, only gave up two hits throughout the five innings of play. And Carson Pierce came in to shut down the last three batters. So 
just all around. Great performance. Jessica Mullins earned her 17th win on the season, now sitting at 17 and 11, leading the Sun Belt in innings pitched as well as wins. Yep, and that's she had six strikeouts that Wednesday afternoon. We can't forget that. She has just been an extremely hard pitcher to hit on, and that's exactly why she's won Sun Belt Player of the Week recently, and she's one of those recent recipients of that award and one that she commonly receives due to her off- her pitching performance. Well, guys, I mean, I, I we still have a minute to talk about softball, so let's preview their next matchup and see what you guys think um, is going to happen up next. They've got Georgia Southern this weekend, or I guess starting tonight, 5 p.m. Um, we will not be broadcasting that game because it will be in Statesboro, Georgia. But what do you guys think about this weekend series? Do you think the Bobcats can continue this win streak, or will they drop one of these? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they drop one. Georgia Southern is sitting at four and uh, four and eleven, sitting second to last in the Sun Belt. But I mean, it's always hard to sweep a team in the weekend. But as long as you get a win here for the Bobcats, I believe that it is a good weekend. And you know, you don't have to be on that win streak. But as long as you keep winning those midweeks and you win the series, you're just going to keep climbing. Yeah, Jacob, I, I believe just one win out of this series is going to be crucial just to just to get, you know, stay with some consistency when it comes to winning in these weekend series. But, you know, we'd love to see a sweep. Obviously, I think every fan here in Texas State Nation would want to. But what I will say is what you will see. And I'll tell you what you're going to see. You're going to see Jessica Mullins pitching at her best. You're going to see hitters going off. That is what you're going to see this weekend in Statesboro, Georgia. And I expect to see Kat Krennic hitting that ball. I expect to see Sierra Trahan doing the same. And this team is going to be hot to stop. And that's my opinion of what I think I'm going to see this weekend. In Statesboro, Georgia. I like the energy, Justin. I really do. 100%. I mean, it, it really is great to see it. And uh, shout out to the softball team. I mean, really improving their play as of late and uh, excited to see what they can do moving forward. But, Jacob, I think we can move on to baseball now and uh, talk a little bit about what's going on with them. Do you want to open up with uh, their last result against UTSA? Uh, yeah, baseball as well on a on a hot streak. Also on a six-win streak now sitting at 29-9. and nine. 17th in the nation, uh, ranked last Monday, but after the past couple wins, I'm sure they could be climbing. On Tuesday night, they beat UTSA 14 to 12. The scoreboard shows it's a little bit closer. Uh, Texas State had a huge lead going into the ninth, put in a freshman pitcher, I think McGann, and he let up a good couple of runs. But uh, Stivers came in, shut him out, and now uh, good day for them. And they actually start their games tonight. Friday night here on KTSW 89.9, where the call will be on here at 6 p.m., as well as a full weekend series against Little Rock in San Marcos, Texas. Yeah, and I feel good about this Little Rock series because, you know, Little Rock is coming into uh, this game, or I guess this weekend series, uh, with an overall record of 16 and 16. And obviously, you know, this conference weekend, the weekend series are never easy to sweep, but I might call my shot and say that Texas State baseball will sweep this weekend against Little Rock. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'd stick behind that. I think, honestly, one person that's really going to be important to me in this, this series is going to be the closing pitcher, Tristan Stivers. Um, he has faced some ad- some adversity in recent series, as we've seen. We've seen him put in situations where runners are on base, and he's allowed one runner or two to score, and it's not the usual Tristan Stivers we see. But, you know, these are collegiate athletes. They go through a lot. So we expect to see the same performance from Tristan Stivers to be able to close these games and save it out like that. But I'd also like to say it is going to be a hitting situation you can't win this game without hitting that ball and scoring those runs Mm -hmm. and who are you going to see get those hits who do you think Jacob who's going to be hitting it 
Is um, Dalton Sheffield? I know he's going to be hitting it. Well, I was going to say props to Tristan Stivers because, I mean, ever since a couple weeks ago, you know, he had that really tough series in San Marcos against Georgia Southern. They kind of lit him up, and uh, I believe he got a blown save on two games that weekend. But since then, he's really been back to his old ways. And um, you talk about hitting all the past six games. Uh, a big hitter has been Jose Gonzalez. He has been on one of the hottest streaks of his career as a Bobcat. But I think one player who's going to be critical to this situation this weekend is going to be Wesley Faison. And that is because just recently it seemed that he is either all or nothing. Um, he can be nothing at the times where you need him to be something. And then, you know, just he doesn't show up at those times. And he's been dropping in the lineup a little bit, playing at that DH spot. So I think this season, this series could be a good chance for him to really get back on track of, you know, uh, his incredible performance in 2019 and and really, uh, you know, get back on his horse. Yeah, you know, I think with Wesley Faison, if he's coming in a designated hitter, that means you need a slugger. Mm -hmm. That means I want to see that ball go over that fence. Mm -hmm. And that's what Coach Trout wants to see. If you're giving it to Wesley Faison and he's put in that position and he's, he's not hitting it, I suggest a quick visit to the batting cages. Just practice your swing. I know, obviously, I'm, I'm telling him this. He does his own thing. He's a, he's a collegiate athlete. We have the best <laughs> collegiate athletes. So I will say, though, it just, yes, we're going to need hitting from that position or he's not going to find himself in that rotation. And, and, and he's really going to need to make some contact. That's all he's going to have to do. And if we can improve upon that, then, I mean, he's a great designated hitter. That's all you got to do. Yeah. And, I mean, so far the team is doing pretty well, even without him playing at True. his best. So, I just imagine if everyone really gets on it and uh, really starts to become the best version of themselves. We might see the best version of this Texas State baseball team that could easily win the Sun Belt mm -hmm. and make some noise in you know the postseason. So just keep an eye on them and uh, keep rooting for them. Also, games will be here on KTSW tonight, so make sure you guys are listening. Uh, tune in. Who's on the call tonight, Jacob? Uh, tonight on the call is Clint Shields as well as our very own Nolan Phillips. Oh my goodness, Please. Nolan Phillips on the Indeed. call. I love that guy. One thing I'd like to mention about this baseball team is the last series they had at home was a series loss against Georgia mm -hmm. Southern. We cannot forget that. So they're going to be coming back here at home. Obviously, it's hard to win a sweep like they did in UTA. That was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but they're back at home, and they cannot play with complacency. They're going to have to play their brand of baseball, and it will be a great series to look forward to. It'll Thanks. be Expect to hear Nolan on the call sounding beautiful. It will be a great series. If you are in San Marcos, please be sure to be out at Bobcat Ballpark. If not, well, it doesn't matter. You can listen here. And uh, <laughs> But other than that, we're going to take a quick break. But on the other side of it, uh, we got a good couple of portions for y'all. So uh, stay tuned because this is Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. Welcome back to Bobcat Radio on this beautiful Friday morning. My name is Jacob Aromi, joined here with Justin Brown, my co-host, as well as Gage Sutton on the boards. Uh, before a break, we were talking a little bit about softball, Texas State softball going into this weekend, as well as Texas State baseball, both on hot streaks. Both hope to continue those hot streaks, softball against Georgia Southern, baseball against Little Rock. But moving on here a little bit, um, it's, it's coming into April, May, and that is the time of NBA basketball NBA playoff basketball that is and we are in the heart of the first round pretty much for every series and um yeah one series that is on everyone's mind is the Phoenix Suns number one seed going up against the number eight uh New Orleans Pelicans and uh Justin I know you came into uh the studio you came in with a with a little bit of a take 
about uh, these uh, Phoenix Suns. Oh, I do have a take. Oh, no. I have a take that consists of 13 <laughs> players on a team in Arizona, and this is okay. the Phoenix Suns. And the Phoenix Suns right now okay. have a huge hamper. They have something happen. Devin Booker is injured. Uh-huh. He is injured for two to three weeks, and I don't believe this is the Phoenix. I think this is the Phoenix Suns' last opportunity and the way they're built to win a championship. If you do not have Devin Booker scoring the way you do, I don't believe this team has the ability to overcome the Pelicans, an offensive threat with three different guns. You got Jonas Valanciunas. You got you got CJ McCollum. You got Brandon Ingram. You even have like Trey Murphy yeah, off Trey the bench. Murphy, you got you got uh, you know multiple young players. I believe this is the Phoenix Suns' last chance to win a championship the way they're comprised. You know, I I am not against that take. Um, I do think it's a little crazy to think that um, New Orleans will win that series. I, I still I still think Phoenix is overall the better team and got to give credit to New Orleans. I think that if they had Zion Williamson, I would definitely take them in the, for the rest of the series. But I think with the leadership of Chris Paul and just the rest of the depth, Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Aiden, all those guys, I think Phoenix can come out of this round, but they're going to need Devin Booker if they're going to advance any further than that. And if they don't, I think the championship window will be closed for them because you got to keep an eye on their contract situations. They brought back Chris Paul, cost a pretty penny, but now they got to figure out what's going to happen with DeAndre Ayton. He wants a max contract. They didn't want to give it to him. So we might see a completely different Suns team. And this might really be the last opportunity for Chris Paul to win a championship with the Phoenix Suns. Definitely. I mean, and you talk about DeAndre Ayton. Years after that, you're going to have to pay Mikel Bridges. You're going to have to pay Cam Johnson. There's a lot of very key components. You have to tough decisions to make. Exactly. And the West right now, I mean, they can they can get out of New Orleans. It, it may be a difficult series of Devin Booker out. And I, I truly think Devin Booker is the only player on the Suns right now that Phoenix would be willing to give a max contract to. Yeah. And that is understandable. Devin Booker is the best player Phoenix has had probably since Steve Nash. Well, they just gave Chris Paul very close to max money, too. Yes, that is true. Which, I mean... But with him aging yeah. and his next contract coming up, if he still wants Max, I wouldn't be surprised if Phoenix says, you can go somewhere else. See, here's the thing. Chris Paul, he's a dual weapon. What I mean by that is he can score it himself, but he's better when he has scores around him. Mm-hmm. You have Devin Booker averaging around 27 points a game, but I'm telling you right now, that's going to be around 14 points a game without Chris Paul. Yeah. Okay, Chris Paul is a facilitator, and that's what he is. He will not be able to hold up the scoring load of the Pelicans. I don't know if they will be able to win this series. They may they may win this one with the depth. I know Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, you have shooters, but it's going to be interesting, as you say, DeAndre Ayton wanted that max contract. He won't be able to get that. That's going to change everything. You change your big man everything else is going to change bench players are going to change a whole rotation mm-hmm. monty williams have to have to coach a whole new staff so i say right now if the Suns cannot pull something out if devin booker can't instantly heal himself <laughs> and come back as soon as possible he's a sense of being man this phoenix suns <laughs> team is going to trouble. lose unfortunately and it breaks my heart well I, I mean jacob i just have one last thing to say about all that i think one thing that you do have to keep in mind too with Phoenix though is before they did get Chris Paul, you remember who was running point guard for this team? And they were rough. They were not winning games. Was it Ricky Rubio? Ricky Rubio. I was gonna say and campaign. This, this is nothing against Ricky Rubio, but I think Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns really excel when they have a facilitator. A true point guard. Yeah. And that's exactly what Chris Paul is. And I think him and Devin Booker really work together when they're on the court together. Like I think you could afford to get rid of DeAndre Ayton. Keep Chris Paul and Devin Booker, but as long as you up like keep the big man talent somewhat similar. Obviously, it's very hard to find a player of DeAndre Ayton's caliber and how young he is. 
But if you can just somewhat match that defensive presence, you could still run it back here in the next couple of years, bring back all the other key pieces, Mikhail mm-hmm. Bridges. So it's not necessarily the end of the Phoenix Suns, but there, it is all signs point towards it looking like a very different team next year. I mean, yeah, and if they even if they want, I think they'll get out of this series against the Pelicans, and mm-hmm. if they do, then they're going to be facing most likely the Mavericks who currently the Mavericks don't even have Luka Doncic and are going to win the series. Granted, I don't think the Jazz Sorry, Nolan. Are, <laughs> that, listening. are that impressive. But then they're going to have to play the Mavericks. And then the Grizzlies are the Warriors. And to be honest, I know the Warriors are like the hottest team right now, but the Grizzlies are not letting up. And I believe that on any single day, the Grizzlies can take out the Suns or the Warriors. That was crazy. I I can't believe Grizzly, the Grizzlies came back from two 20-point leads and uh, were able to win that game. So shout out to them. Uh, mm-hmm. The fact that they were just able to overcome Patrick Beverly and all of the crazy stuff that was going on there in Minnesota last night. Uh, I think Minnesota will be, a, or not Minnesota, Memphis will be a very tough out in these playoffs. They will be. And going back to the Chris Paul thing, we all know, we've seen it multiple times in his career, Chris Paul makes whatever center is on the floor 10 times better yeah he made deandre jordan an all nba player uh david west even when he was i know he's not a center but he's a big Mm -hmm. david west in new orleans at the beginning of his career was an all-star um and you just look at other players Uh, clint capella even was looked better on the rockets than he does right now in atlanta and so uh, okay, debatable. I actually, I think Luke Capella has always been a very solid player, and mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about Chris Paul, so I'm sorry if we're getting off on a Clint Paul or uh, Clint Capella um, like sidetrack, but I, I think Chris Paul has also been very, very lucky with a lot of the teammates that he's mm-hmm. played with. I think he's had very good teammates, and um, at the end of the day. I still think Phoenix is going to be very hard to beat. If they can get Definitely. Devin Booker back and get through, just tough out through this New Orleans series, even if it goes to seven, if they're able to get out of here, get Devin Booker healthy, and whoever they end up playing in the next round, I still like their chances as long as they can get everybody healthy. I believe Chris Paul will take this series to seven games if he has to. We've seen him do it with nobodies. We've seen him do yep. it with the OKC against Houston. I was a Houston Rockets fan at the time. I still am. And when I was watching that game, I was I was just like, <laughs> what is happening? Chris Paul's with a bunch of nobodies, 12 people I don't know besides Cy Gilgis Alexander and Lou Dort, and he's over here bucketing. He's scoring. He's yeah. killing it. So Chris Paul, honestly, wherever he turns out, I don't think this is the last chance for Chris Paul because, honestly... He could go anywhere and yeah. be a good pickup. And uh, just as we wrap up NBA, I'm, I'm going to go back, and I, I thought about Clint Capella, and even now he has Trey Young, who him and Chris Paul, when it comes to passing, when it comes to facilitating, are, have very similar games. Very similar. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm excited to see where Trey Young's career goes from here, too, because they, they play tonight, too, right? Uh, yes, they've got the, they uh, are going to be up against um, the Trey Heat. Young in Miami. Yeah, yeah. Trey Young in Miami. I mean, I know they're down 2-0 in that series, but there were times in that game, too, where it looked like Trey Young was about to, you know, take over. So we'll, we'll see how things go in Atlanta here. I think if Trey Young can find a way to pull this one out and maybe get a second win in Atlanta, too, we might be talking to him. We might be talking about him as being one of the ultimate playoff villains mm-hmm. ever. Definitely. <laughs> but uh Hawks currently down at two nothing against Miami. Uh, that game will be at six o'clock tonight on ESPN. Um, but moving on from NBA, before we get into some NFL, a little bit more updates with some Texas State stuff. Currently this morning, 
uh, down in Waco at Baylor at the Michael Johnson Invitational. Track and field is there competing in their meets. Um, currently live is a women hammer throws. That is That has been the first event of the day. Um, so that's going on currently right now. You can go check out the Texas State Athletics website for live updates, as well as Texas State Women's Tennis is in the Sunbelt Championship after moving on from Appalachian State the other day, are now in a match against South Alabama, where they currently trail four to nothing. Hey, the fact that they made it to the championship, too. I mean, and they they got that first win against Appalachian State. Texas State was a ninth seed. Appalachian State was an eighth seed. And they spoiled uh, their day. I know we were talking a little bit about esports too. Uh, the Texas State Call of Duty team. Yeah, Call Justin? of Duty is ranked. The Texas State Call of Duty team is ranked 14 nationally out of the CSL <laughs> esports league. I love that we started talking about esports too, because I mean, it, it's just a good time. Obviously, yeah. like. It's just good to see that all Texas State sports are currently yeah. flourishing yeah. here, and it seems that we've seen that. Hey, we're all <laughs> peers, right? We, we, we yeah. all got to support each other. So, um, But, but, but yeah, <laughs> moving on from... Hey, uh, you know what I want to talk about, right? I know what you want to talk about. Hey, guys, if you've been living under a rock for you know the past couple months, there's this big thing called the NFL Draft next Thursday. Yes. And when the NFL Draft happens, there are always a lot of storylines but i mean last year we saw aaron Rodgers say that he wanted out of green bay ended up not happening um but this year we have someone who's publicly came out and said that he wants off his team that's debo samuel from the san francisco 49ers so jacob i guess let's kind of start with talking about the nfl draft and see like where, where do you realistically see debo samuel going and we see that move happening draft night you think um, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens before draft night, to be completely honest with you. Um, San Francisco, I believe, already it does not hold their pick in the first round this year, as I'm looking through. Yeah, they do not hold their first-round pick, so you can't really package Debo in a first-round pick for something big. But I imagine this is where the 49ers take a step back and say, let's maybe not compete right now. You have a a first-year starting quarterback of Trey Lance coming in, and your division with Seattle getting worse, the Rams are still, you know, Super Bowl champions. Arizona seems like, you know, there's some drama going on with Kyler Murray, but at the end of the day, they're going to be one of the best regular season teams, at least. I don't know how they're going to perform in the playoffs. But, you know, this could be a, a, a spot where 49ers take that back seat and kind of trade Debo for um, more, like, draft capital in the future. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think they definitely got to trade Debo Samuel for whatever will help the team. Mm-hmm. But I really don't think that them trading Debo Samuel would take them out of a championship contention. I mean, you look at the NFC and how weak it is right now because obviously you've got the favorites in Green Bay. You've got Tampa Bay. L.A. L.A. New Orleans. New Orleans. Uh, well, I, I guess <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll throw New Orleans in there, too. But, I mean, you see that it's very weak compared to the AFC. The AFC is going to be a bloodbath. I don't... I don't <laughs> yeah. If you're in the AFC, I am very sorry for you. It is not going to be easy. But in the NFC, there's still a chance. So, I think you trade Debo Samuel, get whatever you can in return. And I would assume a lot of teams are going to value his services and be willing to give up first-round picks and very valuable stuff so um i think from there you just replace him in the draft find someone who does a similar thing uh who has a similar skill set to what debo brought 
and then just run the team back. I mean, you've got a great defense. Trey Lance probably might need another year, but Garoppolo, they haven't traded Garoppolo yet. He's still... No, him and uh, Garoppolo and Baker seem to be in that gray space of yeah. if they're even going to start. purgatory. Yeah, pretty much. But um, I, I got one team that I just thought of that I do think should, if they make a run at it, they could, you know, break the AFC even more oh, open or make them even more contenders. Oh, no. Buffalo Bills. Oh, that's interesting. You know, I like the Bills. I, I have not thought about that. Um, I've heard a lot about the Kansas City Chiefs moving up to get him, but see, Buffalo seems a little more unlikely now that they've still got two first-round picks, and I, I think they have two first-round picks, right? I, Buffalo does, yes. Yeah. But you could pair those up along with, you know, they they have a lot of young guys on that roster. They that, have the cap room, though. Um, they don't, but, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking you can trade – Let's say a couple young guys, a veteran who's taken up a lot of money, like um, somebody. Uh, I would even I wouldn't even be surprised. They performed well in the playoffs last year without him. Tre'Davious White. If you pair Tre'Davious White up with a couple of your picks and send them to San Francisco, I believe that if I'm the forty if I'm the forty niners and I get that. I might be sending Debo, depending on how desperate the situation is, gets for them. Well. I mean, you also think about Buffalo. I, I wouldn't say that would be the best move for them either because, you know, you still have Diggs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they brought in Jameson Crowder from the Jets. Yeah, and um, uh, Gabriel Davis. And Gabriel Davis really stepped up, up in the playoffs. Yeah, so um, I, I could definitely see Buffalo make a move. Like, that would be very, very good for them. But uh, the reports I've been initially hearing are the Jets, the Lions, the Packers, and the Chiefs. And... Obviously, the Packers and the Chiefs come up because they just traded their star wide receivers and might be looking for someone to replace them with. But realistically, for San Francisco, what would be best for them is to trade up into one of those top picks so you could just max out the value you get for Debo Samuel. But I guess moving on from Debo Samuel, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the mock, or I guess some of the mock drafts we've been seeing. So, Justin, mm-hmm. do you want to? Are there any prospects oh, that are standing yeah. out to you right now? Um, any names that are coming up for uh, some of these mock drafts that you're interested in? Well, you know, me being from Houston, I am a Texans fan. I'm uh, sorry. Ooh. I know we stay the lowest of the low on the standings. But we have Kayvon Thibodeau, and he's a great player. I've heard good things about him. He's from Oregon. and But people say that he has some problems off the field. Maybe not, not a lot of players agree with how he is off the field. And we have personalities like that in every single sport. But here, I'll just give a little rundown of the top five um, mock draft picks right now. we got Jacksonville Jaguars, Trayvon Walker. we got number two, Detroit Lions with Aiden Hutchinson. Number three. Three Houston Texans with Kayvon Thibodeau. Number four, Sauce Gardner. He has the sauce. Number five, Love New York sauce. Jets. Iki Iquanu. I'm sorry if I butchered her no, name. No, you, na- you nailed it. I it's Iki Iquanu. Yeah, I nailed it. Yep. Um, yeah, you know he's looking like a good offensive, you know, offensive pickup for this New York Giants team. But yeah, I know this NFL draft is going to be exciting, and it's only a week. It was a week away or two weeks away. It's one week. It's ne- it's uh, this upcoming Thursday, mm-hmm. and. I think the thing I love about it more than anything is it might be the most unpredictable like event of the of the whole season because I mean obviously the games anything can happen but on draft night we might not even see Trayvon Walker come off to like the third pick and right mm-hmm. now people are ranking or having him first. Um, there are a lot of dra- mock drafts that I've seen Aiden Hutchinson going first and even Kay- the Texans. Kayvon Thibodeau has gone first in a couple. Yeah. I mean, I think earlier in the process, right now, I think the consensus has mostly been Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, but you really won't be surprised if you see any of these guys come off the board a little Mm -hmm. bit earlier or later, and 
teams can always trade up and <laughs> package players, package picks, and make this thing really, really crazy. So, but Jacob, are there any prospects that you're looking at for the New Orleans Saints? One guy who really stands out to you? Um, I'm I'm gonna make it pretty quick here. Um, but New Orleans made a big trade with uh, Philadelphia past couple a couple weeks ago to get two first round picks, and I'm looking for an offensive lineman and a wide receiver. And this mock draft from CBS kind of has exactly what I want set up for the Saints, and that is for the first pick in the first round at pick number 16 is Trevor Penning, an offensive lineman out of Northern Iowa. I know Gage, you have some opinions on that, but then, <laughs> uh, round one, pick 19, Chris Olave. I love that Olave pick. Yeah, I'm not super high on Penning, but I think uh, you know you you do address two major needs for the Saints and that would definitely help out Jameis Winston and uh, if Michael Thomas is healthy he could is. you imagine that Ohio State connection of Chris Olave it'll be Michael good. Thomas I like it I like it all right well uh, that is all we have for you today the NFL draft will be next Thursday um, so be sure to tune into that to get a glimpse into next NFL season but before we let you go a little bit of weather. Justin's got us with it. I got you with the weather right now in San Marcos, Texas. Today, you're going to expect a high of 88 and a low of 69. It's currently 78 and a little bit cloudy outside right now. But hey, for the rest of the weekend, you can expect some showers on Sunday and Monday, around 50% chance of that with highs in the 85, 89 region. But yeah, it's not looking like too bad of a weekend. Just bring an umbrella just in case Saturday if you're at one of our Texas State baseball games. But yeah, the weather's not looking bad and that's the weather, Jacob. It should be a beautiful weekend for baseball, so be sure to get out to Bobcat Ballpark. If you do not, be sure to listen to it here on KTSW 89.9. Yeah, and can I say something real quick? Can we uh, can we plug the uh, podcast and uh, talk a little bit about Claws to the Wall? Just send it. Just send yeah. them our way. Yes, yeah. right now. Hey, yeah, because uh, I'm I'm sure we're gonna do a lot of draft content this upcoming week and uh, talk a little bit about what happened this uh, for these weekend series for baseball and softball. So if you guys enjoy Bobcat Radio and want to listen to us, uh, we upload all these episodes on Spotify and Apple Music. So go and check that out. Go check out Bobcat Radio. Go check out KTSW Sports's podcast, Clouds of the Wall, also on. Uh, Spotify and the KTSB blog. But other than that, that'll be it. We will get you out of here. But thank you for tuning into this edition of Bobcat Radio. My name is Jacob Romy, joined here by Justin Brown and Gage Sutton. Now let's get you back to the other side of radio.